The world's oldest copy of the Hebrew Bible, Codex Sassoon, was recently auctioned off. It's 1,100 years old. Many experts thought it would break the record for most expensive document ever sold. The final price, $38 million. Codex Sassoon is a nearly complete manuscript of the Hebrew Bible. Though we have fragments of the Old Testament that are from the 2nd and 3rd century BC, this leather-bound copy of the Old Testament is the earliest known manuscript we have. Codex Sassoon's home will be the ANU Museum of the Jewish People in Jerusalem. It was purchased for $38 million. Astonishing, but not the most expensive document ever sold. That honor is given to a first edition copy of the United States Constitution, which sold for $43.2 million. Though the Constitution is important, it's merely the words of humans. But the value of God's Word is far higher. It's priceless. In these scriptures, we find Jesus, the living Word. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is Wednesday, and I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. This is day three in a series that we're calling Into the Wardrobe. In a moment, we're going to travel back to C.S. Lewis's Narnia. We'll look at the life of one of his most interesting characters, Eustace Clarence Scrub. Eustace was a whining, self-centered, know-it-all boy who made life miserable for everyone around him, including himself. But there was something he couldn't do for himself— and he had to ask Aslan the lion to do it for him. I think that's a really powerful illustration of grace. That's what producer Michael Flaherty told Christianity Today after spending an entire day trying to explain the themes of grace found in the Narnia series to a group of Hollywood producers. I like that. It's so true. So stick around and we'll learn how Aslan, the Christ figure in the Narnia series, helps Eustace and changes him forever. And we'll also look to see how this story reflects the truth found in the Bible, that grace is a totally free gift from Jesus, who forgives needy sinners like you and me. And to help us share this great story, we're going to hear some excerpts from the radio drama produced by Focus on the Family's Radio Theater. They turned all seven of C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia into a production that you just have to hear to believe. I know I've said it a lot, but this production really is cinema of the mind. You would think it was made in Hollywood, but it was really made in London, with a brilliant musical score and professional actors. Paul McCusker, he's the director and the writer of the series, he has interesting and funny stories to share about the series. So we're in the studio, of course, and I've scripted all of these stories and we recorded them over a period of time. But the other big thing that we hadn't really worked through was what animals sound like when they talk. Because we knew we had to get <laughs> actors with voice types that would evoke the animals that they are. Is he a man? Aslan a man? <laughs> Certainly not. I tell you, he, he's the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. And I do remember we were in recording one of, uh, one of the episodes, and the actor who was playing the badger was in there, and 
he began to deliver his lines and suddenly we, we sort of hit the button and said, well, wait a minute, that, that's, you're sounding very harsh. And he came back with, well, badgers are generally mean. And so it seems to me I should be sounding very kind of mean. Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, a lion? Is he, is he quite safe? I said, yeah, but this is a good badger. He's on Aslan's side. So this, that, means, that means actually you're, you're not mean because the audience is going to think that you're evil or they're going to think you're a bad guy. So how about loyal and dependable and you're that kind of character? He said, okay, well, I'll do that. And then our engineer said, well, yeah, but isn't his voice a little bit in the upper range for this? Should we get him down and a little bit more growly? And we spent 15 minutes arguing and debating what a, what a loyal badger would sound like. And we had to do that with every animal in the whole thing, trying to figure out what a beaver would sound like and a horse. Sure, sure. And, a, and all of that. Safe? Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. He's the king, I tell you. Writer and director Paul McCusker, who brought the Narnia stories to life for this special production, I'd like to send you the collector's tin with all seven stories on 19 discs for a minimum gift to the ministry. And as you listen, I think it will resonate with your faith in Jesus and bring you great joy. So would you call us after the program at 800-654-2836. That's 800 654 2836 or go to our website after the program listen to samples from this production and make your gift then at haventoday.org haventoday.org and just a quick reminder we still have the chosen tv series on dvd for your gift to the ministry ask about it when you call or check out some of the videos and podcasts we've done with its creator dallas jenkins at haventoday.org And now let's open the program with People of the Earth and Death Was Arrested. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope and no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains And my orphan heart was given a name My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to death When death was arrested and my life began Oh, your grace so free Washes over me You have made me new Now life begins with you Released from my chains I'm a prisoner no more My shame was a ransom You faithfully bore 
They are a worship group based in Somerset, Kentucky, People of the Earth, and their version of Death Was Arrested. Here on Haven Today in a program called Into the Wardrobe, I'm Charles Morris, and thanks so much midway through your week for taking the time to share with me the gospel. C.S. Lewis had a way of introducing characters. How was that so? Well, take a listen to the first line from his third book, called Voyage of the Dawn Treader. There was a boy called Eustace Clarence Scrub, and he almost deserved it. (laughs) And if that doesn't grab your attention, I don't know what will. In this book, Eustace was a whiner, a know-it-all, a self-centered little boy who 
made life miserable for everyone, including himself. C.S. Lewis said that when you start thinking dragon thoughts and acting like a dragon, then eventually you become a dragon. And that's what happened to Eustace. He became a dragon. And as he said, after a while, being a dragon is kind of lonely. He desperately wanted to change back. He tried to claw off his dragon skin, but he couldn't do it, no matter how hard he tried. And it's really the same for us. We can't change ourselves. We can't fix our own lives. But there is someone who can. He was lying awake in a secluded spot, wondering what on earth would become of him. When he looked up and saw a huge lion coming slowly towards him. There was no moon that night, but there was moonlight where the lion was. It came nearer and nearer until it was close enough to look straight into his eyes. Follow me. And Eustace thought? Follow you? To where? Follow me. So Eustace got up and followed it a long way into the mountains and finally to the top of one where there was a garden with trees and fruit. In the middle of it was a large well, like a round bath with marble steps going down into it. The water was as clear as any he'd ever seen in his life. The water looks so soothing. If I could get in there and bathe, it would ease the pain in my leg. Must undress first. But I can't undress because I don't have any clothes on. Still, you must undress first. Then it occurred to Eustace that dragons are snaky sorts of things, and snakes can cast off their skins. That's what you mean. I can shed these scales. So Eustace started scratching himself, and the scales began to come off. He scratched deeper, and instead of just scales, his entire skin started peeling off. After a minute or two, he stepped out of it. He could see it lying there beside him, looking very nasty. But it was a most lovely feeling, and he started to go down into the well for his bath. But just as he was going to put his feet into the water, he looked down and saw... Oh, my feet are hard and rough and wrinkled and scaly, just like they were before. Can I scratch that off too? So he scratched and tore again, and this underskin peeled off beautifully, and out he stepped and left it lying beside the other one. He went down to the well for his bath. But once again, he looked down and saw... Oh, dear. How many skins do I have to take off? So he scratched away a third time and got off the third skin, just like the other two, and stepped out of it. But as soon as he looked at himself in the water, he knew it was still no use. It won't come off. You will have to let me help you. You'll take it off? But, but how? You mean, with your claws? Lie down on your back. Desperate now, Eustace agreed and lay flat down on his back. The very first tear the lion made was so deep 
that he thought it had gone right into his heart. And when the lion began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything Eustace had ever felt. The only thing that made him able to bear it was the pleasure of feeling the skin peel off. But this skin was unlike the three Eustace had peeled off himself. This was thicker and darker. Soon Eustace was as smooth and soft as a peeled switch, and smaller than he had been. And then the lion caught hold of him. Oh, ow! Be careful! I'm a bit tender. And threw him into the water. After a while, the lion said, "Come out. You must dress now." Oh, but I don't know where my clothes are. I will dress you in the clothes I have prepared. Though Eustace could never explain how, the lion dressed him, and then suddenly Eustace was back in a wood near the camp. Certain he had had a dream. This is Haven today, and just a little excerpt from the CD series that we have this week from the Chronicles of Narnia, from an acclaimed radio theater drama. C.S. Lewis captures the beautiful truth that even though we can't change ourselves, Aslan, or may I say in real life, Jesus, can change us. He's the only one who can give us new clothes, a new identity, a new life. But first, there has to be death, a death that goes deep and strips away our pride and our self-reliance and our right to control our own lives. It strips away all our sense of entitlement and our self-centered grievances and our self-pity. It can feel like we're losing everything, but we're not, because after we are stripped, he clothes us and he gives us new life, his life. We become what he created us to be so that we can truly begin to live. And maybe after a while we get dragony again, but we can repent again and go to Jesus again, and he will give us renewal again. And it's still all grace, isn't it? We don't have to earn it. We don't have to deserve it. We can't. Interesting, when Hollywood producers made the movie The Voyage of the Dawn Treader a few years ago, the writers wanted to change the story. They wanted Eustace to earn his return to human form. But one of the producers was a Christian, Michael Flaherty, and he explained to the rest of them that Eustace's transformation was not earned. It was pure grace. And in an interview with Christianity Today, he said, we must have spent an entire day talking about grace and the importance of showing that it can't be earned. It must be given and received. This is something that Eustace couldn't do on his own. He had to ask Aslan to do it for him. I think it's a really powerful illustration of grace. Eustace's transformation, a gift of grace. He doesn't earn it, doesn't deserve it, neither do we. Jesus gives us new life as a gift, but before he could give it, he had to accomplish it. He had to go through death himself and then be raised to new life again. And when he recreates us, he gives us his death, but also his life. His real death on the cross has the power to put to death our old selves, and his life is like his resurrection. It brings us back from the dead. 
Let me share with you from Ephesians 2, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's now at work at those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. After his transformation, Eustace became a helpful member of the crew. He became useful. That's what happens when Aslan remakes you. And that's what our remaking does for us as well. Jesus has given us life, new life, and he has given us good works to do with that new life. And it's all a gift of grace. How am I to stand before you, my King, with merit not my own? Blood I did not bleed Hallelujah To saving grace Hallelujah To Thee Hallelujah For death has lost its grip On me Quench the wrath of God, His throne would He lead, becoming sin and death, my curse to receive. Hallelujah to saving grace. Even the band didn't know how to pronounce it. A street called Bellarive, and that's what they call themselves here on this Haven today. Did you hear those lyrics? Hallelujah to saving grace. Well, I hope you've enjoyed hearing some little excerpts that we've shared today in the last few days from the Chronicles of Narnia radio drama. I really hope you see that they're not just for kids. Our executive producer remembers being assigned to read one of these books when he was in college to find out all the references to Christ, and he was stunned that a book he enjoyed as a child was so full of gospel truth as he reread it as a young adult. And just like the books, 
This radio drama audio production points you to Christ as well. It's also pretty entertaining to listen to with the cinema quality sound and an all-star cast of actors. Donna Joe, who lives in Illinois, she made a gift to keep Haven Today broadcasting to over 650 stations in North America every day, as well as various podcasts and online outlets. She said she does a lot of driving and was looking for audiobooks to help her pass the time. So when she heard us with the Chronicles of Narnia, she was thrilled to know it was more than an audiobook read by a narrator, but a lot of full production in it, too. Donna Joe, we know you're going to love this, and it'll resonate with your faith and bring joy to your heart. So just like Donna Joe in Illinois, I'd like to send all seven original Narnia stories on 19 discs, nearly 22 hours of entertainment, as my thank you for your minimum gift to this listener-supported ministry. Why don't you just call us right now, and the number you can call, the number we answer 24-7, is... 1-800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or remember to go online and listen to samples and you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. One word, haventoday.org. And if you heard our series the last couple of weeks, but didn't request your copy of the chosen DVDs, seasons one to three, we still have that for your gift to the ministry. Ask about it when you call or listen to samples when you visit us online. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll be sharing together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Moses was a runaway. He was in hiding, and then the Lord burst into his life, that burning bush. It was the Lord calling Moses to redeem his people. The bush burned but wasn't consumed. The Lord's presence in our lives is constant, never fades. Through Jesus Christ, God came to dwell among us, showing us the way to abundant life and eternal salvation. He is the burning light that shines in the darkness and draws us to his redeeming love. As we turn to Christ, we can be aware of the Lord's presence in our lives. We can trust in his goodness and faithfulness. In him we find hope and peace, even in the midst of life's trials. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.